The Daily Ding is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. My favorite feature, you can get tickets in two taps. A two-tap checkout. That's efficiency. That's how you're supposed to do it in the NBA. Two taps gets you tickets, gets you checked out, and you're ready to go to the game every single time. So head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. You know, Rondo had 10 assists, but Rajan... (laughs) Rajan's, uh, you know, statistics are not measured on a stat sheet. It's measured in swag. We know we're going into a, ba- a battle with just a heck of a basketball player, and, uh, you know, he just helps our swag. You know, I can try in Spanish, but I ain't really that good at Spanish. This is how it goes. When I hoop, I have no friends. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his ass. How dare you? Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. We've got all your NBA action from Tuesday night in the association. I'm Zach Harper, joined by New York Knicks beat writer Mike Vorkanoff with Rob Lopez trying to turn those double zeros on his Blazers mellow jersey into an infinity symbol. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, Carmelo Anthony makes his Portland debut. The Warriors are back, kind of, and the Good Kings are definitely back. But first, the Lakers continue to roll. Lakers won 12. Thunder 107 in Los Angeles. Mike LeBron James was real sloppy, but he was also real good. And the Lakers, they should have put this one away early, but they were turning the ball over. There were a lot of fouls. There's some bad defense, uh, kind of a, kind of an ugly win. If you can have an ugly win at home when you win by five. Uh, but I thought that the Lakers once again, managed to take care of business against a team that's not as good as them. And, uh, and this is what they're supposed to do, right? AD was great. LeBron was really good and everyone else was just kind of there. It felt really like haphazard there for the first three quarters and LeBron comes in to start the fourth and it's just like, all right, let, let's just shut this down. Yeah, just shut just shut this down. What I liked in, in the second quarter, and I guess this is part of the reason that they're they've been sort of high on him coming back was was Rajon Rondo like really kind of passed his ass off in this in the second quarter, right? Like he he's, he had like I want to say like three or four possessions in a row where he was delivering not a fancy bounce pass, but an emphatic bounce pass to find cutters, find guys on the break, and and it kind of energized the Lakers a little bit. They kept letting the Thunder get back into it, kept letting the Thunder get back into it. Uh Dennis Schroeder was fantastic. Uh 20 points off the bench in the first half, finished with 31 points. But in terms of what the Thunder were able to, were able to do to stick around, like Mike, what what did you see from the Thunder team that made you feel like, all right, they could actually win this game. I mean, Schroeder was great. Like he got into it a little bit with AD too, I think uh, for a moment in the third quarter. And um, they just got a lot of punch to him. Like Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Paul, their owns the wells rim running a little bit. They, they were just, they kept going after it. And it was uh they, they weren't taking anything just cause it was LeBron and AD in LA. And then that's a fun, like spunky way to play. Yeah. And, and they're kind of like, they might be good. 
right? Like I, I can't, I've been trying to figure out where to put them in the power rankings the last couple of weeks. Cause they've just kind of been in that same zone because I don't really know where they are against everyone else, but I do enjoy watching them. Danilo Gallinari is working that trade value up 25 points in this one. They're trying to get him on the trade market to bring more assets in. So he had a good one. Uh, Anthony Davis versus Steven Adams on the boards was, was a fun one. It's the biggest battle for boards that Steven Adams has had in, uh, since Russell Westbrook, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Kind of a scary moment a little bit. He got poked in the eye twice, poked in the face twice. His right eye swole up. He didn't come back into the game after he left. Looks like he's going to have a black eye in this one. So he, he wasn't able to kind of, you know, flesh out more of his game. But um, but in terms of in terms of what the Lakers bench was able to do, you had a couple of moments there. You had a couple of decent contributions. You would have liked more out of Kuzma. He only plays nine minutes in this one. Um, I thought Dwight was actually pretty good considering he, he wasn't a huge factor offensively other than the boards. Uh, they didn't get much out of Rondo and Quinn Cook in terms of shooting, but Rondo tennis off the bench and and, uh, and, and JaVale, Mike, what do we do with JaVale at this point? Because he puts up weird numbers, right? He does produce. I just don't know if it's any good. I, I don't know. Like with him and Dwight Howard, that's just such a weird center spot for the Lakers. Because you've got two guys that you probably shouldn't want to be relying on if you're a contender. And they're just they're making it work so far. But I, I don't know how long that they, they can do that, how long that will carry him, especially into the playoffs. Yeah, they are able kind of to cycle in like these small doses, right? And that's probably what you want to keep it with. Uh, I mean, JaVale had four blocks in this one in 23 minutes. He had four offensive rebounds. They, they had 14 offensive rebounds as a team. Uh, Dwight was Dwight had a couple of blocks. I mean, they're blocking shots. They're playing bully ball. You'd like to see Anthony Davis more at the five. That's probably going to be more of a, of a playoff push for them. Uh, Danny Green and JaVale were both in foul trouble. Each had four fouls in less than 24 minutes. Uh, for the Thunder side of it, uh, Shade Gilgis Alexander, 16 points on 16 shots, did have five rebounds and four assists. Chris Paul, four points on one of seven shooting, uh, but did manage 10 assists, four steals, five rebounds, only one turnover in the game, but had five fouls. A couple of those were at the end as they were playing the free throw game. Uh, in terms of in terms of the, the Lakers, they finished with 16 turnovers in this one. They shoot 63% from the free throw line. Mike, at some point, do the, do the free throws come back to haunt the Lakers? Because we know the outside shooting was good tonight, but it hasn't been good for a lot of the season it hasn't been consistent. I would say for a lot of the season and the free throw shooting just seems to be something they can't really get the hump, get over the hump of. Right. I feel like it'll even out in the long term, though, that LeBron's, you know, not a bad free throw shooter. Anthony Davis is all right. Danny Green, like you've got guys who can hit free throws. Maybe it's just kind of flukish early season type of thing. Uh, maybe they just aren't concentrating as much right now because it's again, it's, you know, November and we know how these guys kind of try and turn it, ramp it up as the season goes on. I don't know. I wouldn't be too worried right now. It's not like they have bad free throw shooters who are playing crunch time for them. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they they did turn a lot of turnovers from the the Thunder into uh, into points for them. They weren't uh, they were turning the ball over, but the Thunder. Uh, you know, didn't didn't really turn a lot of those into points. And so um, they were able to kind of keep the thunder at bay, even though they they should. I mean, I guess they should have been up way, way more in this game, but but couldn't quite get a hold of it. Thirty four points was final tally for Anthony Davis. He had seven rebounds, four assists, four steals, two blocks, only two turnovers, only two fouls was 13 to 24 from the field. LeBron finished with 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 of 21 from the field, two of five from deep, uh, including a big three pointer that got the bench kind of all kinds of fired up. He got he like, kind of stared it down. He stared down his own three right stared down the man stared down the shot stared down the bench uh he was real animated that and even though it got close after that mike i felt like that was that was the dagger with about three minutes left yeah i think so and i think like worldwide wob has been saying all what the last like two years on twitter that when he looks down at his own shot before he shoots it, it's going in and it's always it's always proven to be true 
Um, I'm just still surprised how much LeBron is the, like the center of this Lakers team, even with Anthony Davis there and just how much everything still revolves around them, whether they win or lose. Yeah. And, uh, and I think part of that is his whole, like, you know, hashtag, not even a score, even though he has the fourth highest scoring average in NBA history. Lakers improve on the season to a league best 12 and two, and they are eight and one at home. The thunder still winless on the road at Oh, and six. Ever wonder how to get the hottest kicks on the market? The ones that barely hit the shelves. The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, handbags, whatever you want. It's what all the experts have been using for a long time. All the hype beasts, that's how they get all their stuff. You can get it right now. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out from the latest Yeezys, Retro Jordans, hottest streetwear from brands like Supreme, Bape, Palace, Kit, all the good ones. Me personally, I've got my eye on some confetti Kyrie 4s and oh my God, the price you can track it the whole time. You know what's going up. You know what's going down. When it goes down, you throw in your offer. You go and get it. Couldn't be easier to use. And the great thing about them, you know everything's authentic. They ensure authenticity. Every item bought or sold on StockX is carefully inspected by hand to ensure it's 100% legit. Their experts go above and beyond to make sure you never get burned by fakes. Absolutely never. They've removed all the risks from buying and selling online. Now you can get the hottest, hardest to find kicks without having to deal with a random random buyer or seller ever again. Don't ever go to Craigslist ever again for these kicks. Want to get in on the hype? Check out stockx.com slash bball for a surprise offer. Trust me, that offer is really good, but you got to go to stockx.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around too long. That's stockx.com slash bball. Check it out today. Let's go to the other game of the night. Pelicans 115, Blazers 104 in New Orleans. Mike Mello's back. He makes his Portland debut. He missed his first shot coming off a screen. He hit his next one, which was a spot up three pointer. And after that, it, it got it got a little rough. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to do Mello play by play for this entire <laughs> daily ding. He also tried to j- tried to dunk on Jackson Hayes at one point. Finished with ten points on four of fourteen shooting, four rebounds, uh, five turnovers, five fouls, two of three from from three point range. Uh, I think he was a minus twenty in the game. Hadn't played in a year. Uh, any any warm fuzzy feelings from Mello when he hit that first shot? Yeah, I was kind of surprised that he's like hoodie Mello pregame, and then he's still doing all the stuff that. We saw him do, and he comes out and hits the three, and you're like thinking, man, maybe he's going to get it going tonight. And then he goes 4-14. Goes, it goes 4-14. But, look, I saw a lot of people kind of nitpicking and everything and, and saying, no, it's fair. Like, he was bad before he came back and all this stuff, which is true. But, like, he hadn't played in a year. You know, like, he, like he literally was playing with J. Cole this summer. <laughs> That's what he was like. That was his competition was J. Cole and Greg Anthony's son, who, by the way, is a great prospect, but still an 18 year old. Uh, so I feel like we got to give him a little bit of uh, of time on the court before we kill him for for not being good. Still, uh, no Damian Lillard in this one had a back injury, said that he hurt his back a couple games ago against Sacramento and tried to play through it. But he sat this one out. CJ McCollum, 22 points on 22 shots, had five assists, four rebounds uh, for the Pelican side of it. No Derek Favors, no Lonzo Ball, no Zion Williamson, of course, but Brandon Ingram came back from the knee injury. He had missed four games. Still very difficult to guard. He had 21 points on eight to 20 shooting, seven rebounds, five, five assists. And Drew Holiday, Mike, Drew Holiday, is, is he's finally warmed up. It took him forever to break that 20-point barrier uh, on the season. But now it feels like he's just getting to the basket whenever he wants. 
Yeah, he's like the engine for that team. I mean, obviously, Brendan and Ingram was good, but like, I feel like Drew Holiday makes everything work for there in, in New Orleans. If if they're going right, it's because Drew's going right. Yeah, I'm with you. 22 points on 10 of 18 shooting, 10 assists, five rebounds. Did have five turnovers, uh, but he was he was kind of the, the driving force in this one. Jackson Hayes, it's just a lot of energy. Like, I don't know what he, he kind of gives me these like young JaVale vibes, only like not so much a, oh. a space cadet. I meant that in a positive way. But oh, okay. had, I didn't know if that's not, possible in a positive way. Yeah, I don't know. It, it felt weird coming out of my mouth, but nine points, seven rebounds, three blocks. Uh, Nicolo Melli had uh, 14 off the bench, helped the Pelicans kind of pull away from this one in the third quarter uh, for the Blazers side of it. Mike, I'm, I'm willing to call Hassan Whiteside the worst player in the NBA. He's he's actively terrible. He has the emptiest stats you've ever seen. Like he's, he plays like a walking point shaving scandal. Oh my God. I don't know. He's like the worst passer in the NBA. I'll go that far. I don't know what he was doing with all <laughs> he the was throwing, passes. He was tonight, trying like to throw these turnovers. post-entry passes that went right to the defender. He's like, he's throwing wraparound passes from like the foul line. I'm just like, what are you doing? Where's the, who's this going to? 14 points, 14 rebounds, four turnovers. All the turnovers, the only thing I believe in that stat line. Uh, Nasir Little came off the bench, a rookie out of North Carolina. He actually had a, a lot of good energy and he had a lot of a lot of good production off the bench. 12 points, 11 rebounds. He had two blocks. Um, I think the disconcerting thing for me with the Blazers in this one, Mike, is they shot so well from deep. They've kind of been you know inconsistent with the three point shot, especially outside of Damian Lillard. They shot so well, 16 of 29 from deep, and they weren't really in this game. Like I don't think the I don't even think the score was as or the game was as close. Is 11 point score, 11 point spread would tell you like this. This just felt like one. The Pelicans dominated early and often. Yeah. And I mean, we were joking about Melo going four or 14, but like, you know, early on, he started doing a few things where it looked like he might just be like kind of a stretch four. but then they started going to him. They were going to him in the post. They were doing like having him do things he used to do in, in New York. And I think that's probably the scary thing for the Blazers where this guy who hasn't played in over a year just comes in, starts, plays 24 minutes and they start using him as like one of the primary offensive options for a while. Yeah, I, I got to think that's that's partially because of because of, you know, Dame being out. But I don't think that would happen when when Dame comes back. But you would think that, you know, Anthony Simons had 13 points on 13 shots. Uh, you know, uh, CJ had 22 on 22 shots like they didn't didn't have a lot of offense. And I wonder if they felt like it was a, a break glass in case of emergency thing with him and just to see if he still had it. I, I, I don't think they're going to play that way with him, but but I don't know. And I mean, yeah, I get that. But, you know, even with Lillard out, like having that kind of, uh, I don't know, that kind of addition midseason, like as things are going for you, you're like, what are they, 15 games in at this point? Like, it's just a weird spot that they're in right now that I think they're the second worst team in the Western Conference. They just need to figure something out like really fast. Yeah, they do. They are now two and eight in their last 10 games. JJ Redick, 18 points, six of 12 shooting four of nine from deep for the Pelicans. Kendrick Williams had 14 rebounds, uh, four different players for the Pelicans had at least three offensive rebounds in this game. And the first time all season, the Pelicans have won back to back games, two games in a row, and they won four of their last six. All right, Mike, let's get to the news that everybody needs for Wednesday. News item number one, Australian men's national team bringing Brett Brown back. The 76ers coach will be back to coach the Australian team. He'll coach them in the 2020 Olympics. He was previously the coach of that team from uh, from 2009 to 2012 with our friend Mo Dakiel, who was an assistant. By the way, they've never won a medal when Mo Dakiel was an assistant on the Australian men's staff. So, Mo, uh, congratulations on that. Uh, Carmelo Anthony talked about his debut earlier, Mike, he's wearing double zero instead of the number seven that Brandon Roy made so popular in Portland. So he goes double zero and then released an infographic with a bunch of bullet points 
I'll read those to you real quick. A number greater than any assignable quantity or countable number symbol. Uh, without end, process that never stops, can never uh, be given an exact value. Simplicity and balance, the mysticism of our past and the possibility for an internal future given the infinity symbol, a sense of awe and wonder, infinite nature of God seven. Uh, we cannot stay away from God without him trying to bring us back to him. The chance to have a new and great beginning with the past left behind where it belongs. Beginnings are end, alpha and omega. Does he think double zero is an infinity symbol? Me, I'll be honest. I, th- I saw that and I just thought it was like satire. I was so confused. I had to double check if that was real. Um, I, I, check I, I Kyrie Irving. did Kyrie Irving hack his account. What happened here? <laughs> what, what, what a weird like the double zero didn't need to be explained, did it? I, I mean, but you can't make like a graphic saying, uh, well, they had no other numbers free. So here I am. <laughs> right. I guess so. Also, don't like the idea that you can have a zero and a double zero on the same team. Pick one. I don't like that. I'm officially out on that. Double zero is not a number. and It's sure as hell not an infinity symbol. Uh, we do have a little bit of Knicks discussion to go to, Mike. You are the Knicks writer for the uh, the old athletic here. And uh, we've got a little bit of like David. David Fisdale has has a vote of confidence every night. It's probably not a good thing that you need a vote of confidence every night. That's a great point. Um, but, what's going on with David Fisdale and his vote of confidence? Yeah, he said today uh, at practice or after practice, he told reporters, you know, that James Dolan comes in, gives him a vote of confidence and a pat on the back pretty often. And uh, that's kind of where things are at for the Knicks right now. They're four and ten. They had that. Uh, I mean, that crazy press conference like eight days ago now where Steve Mills and Scott Perry come out and say they're all disappointed. And it pretty much puts everyone on notice. And then Fisdale's on watch basically already 10 games in. And this is just how it's going in New York. It's it's, it's a lot of like everyone has to figure out and fight for themselves. And I feel like we have to parse every comment and what it means in, in the bigger picture. And it's again, it's 14 games in. And then this David Fisdale is out here putting out vote of confidence from the owner. So is James Dolan around the team that much? He's he's there. Like he's at every home game. He's sitting courtside. He'll pop into the locker room every so often. Like he'll walk through uh, in the back there. So yeah, he's he's pretty frequent at home. So it feels like that's kind of a a death knell, right? Like if James Dolan gives you the vote of confidence, you had this stuff. Like I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like that just sets the Knicks up to fire David Fisdale because it seems like anytime they say they're going to do something or not do something, the opposite happens. So if there's like another blowout defeat anytime soon, like could, should we expect David Fisdale to get fired? Like how real do you think that hot seat is? I mean, I don't know if we should expect them to, but I mean, the hot seat's real. Like we had that ESPN report last Monday saying that Steve Mills was laying the groundwork and they were 10 games in, they had the press conference and then they said they judged the season 10 games at a time. And, I mean, like if they, they have the uh, the Sixers Wednesday night tonight and then like it's a really hard 10 game stretch. And I don't know, 20 games in if they lose six straight and they're they're four and 16 at that point, like David Fizzell, you know, probably should be looking around. Like, I understand why it's part of this public posturing now. He's going out there saying James Dolan is is here supporting me. Everyone is trying to back into their corner. And I, and I get it. I will say this. Right. They lose by 21 to the Cavs. And then this whole press conference thing happens next game. They only lose by eight. And a lot of that was just because Kobe White went stupid hot. Right. Then they go out there and beat Chris Tapps Porzingis for the second time. They lose a one point game to Charlotte. They beat the they beat the doors off the Cavs. Are the Knicks fixed? <laughs> Give it maybe more than four games. Um, 
I, I don't know. They're still they're still kind of like running this weird offense, and they still haven't quite f- uh, figured everything out. They're playing better. I mean, it, the timing worked out for them because it was like the softest part of their schedule until January, basically. Um, so they got right in that time. But this this upcoming like month will really be brutal for them in terms of the teams they're playing. And uh, they have got like ten playoff teams in a row. They've got a West Coast trip. Um, that's the possible chance for calamity, basically. And not saying it's happening, but that that's kind of where things can go wrong if they do go wrong. You can check out more Knicks coverage on theathletic.com from Mike. All right, let's get to the rest of the action from Tuesday night. Just two more games on the schedule. Warriors 114, Grizzlies 95 in Memphis. The Warriors are back, Mike. They're back. A big second quarter. They were up 28-8 to in the quarter at one point. Finished at 33-16. It put them up 15 at halftime. Alec Burks, 29 points. Who needs Klay Thompson? Five away from his career high. He also had eight rebounds, 9 of 15 from the field, 9 of 9 from the free throw line, 20 points for Glenn Robinson III, 17 points for Eric Pascal, which, by the way, per Samus Fendiari, Bob Fitzgerald apparently is trying to make Eric Pascanimal a thing. Mike, I need a ruling. Is Eric Pascanimal a good nickname? No. Yeah, okay. That's the only answer. Yeah, that's the only answer that was acceptable. Can I throw one out there, though, as a replacement? Sure. Okay. Maybe if he's an O-Town fan, go with Eric Pascal or nothing at all. Eight points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists for Draymond Green, 20 points on 20 shots for John Morant. Brandon Clark had 17 off the bench for the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr., eight points, zero rebounds, six fouls in 18 minutes. Dylan Brooks with 18, the first road victory of the year for the Warriors. Kings 120, Suns 116. No Aaron Baines, obviously no DeAndre Ayton. Ricky Rubio, his back spasms acted up again in this game. He was limited to 16 minutes. He was 0-7 from the field. But would you believe this was a 23-point game at one point, 22-point game at one point for the Kings, and the Suns got it down to a three-point game with about 10 seconds left in the game. Bogdan Bogdanovich was phenomenal in this one. He had 18 points and six assists just in the first half alone, finished with 31 points, seven assists, six turnovers, was 11 of 14 from the field, seven of nine from deep. But one bit of scary news for the Kings, he did leave the game with either a hip injury or or a hamstring injury, uh, Mike, with Darren Fox already down, they can't afford for Bogdanovich to go down either. No, I mean, they need him. He's kind of been the big beneficiary of the minutes that opened up when Fox got hurt, and he's played really well. Um, you know, they already have, like, Corey Joseph played 39 minutes. Harrison Barnes played 37. So they're on a tight rotation. They need him because he can play basically one through three, and um, he does some playmaking for them, does some scoring. And if he's gone too, I don't know. I mean, the Kings are just losing guys everywhere. I don't know how they can sustain it uh, night to night if they lose him too. Yeah, and they've been winning as of late. Uh, They were up big in this game, like I mentioned. The second quarter, they built a 22-point lead by shooting 61% from the field at about 19 minutes into the game. At that point, Rubio... Booker and Frank Kaminsky were one of 16 from the field combined. Booker did pick it up. He finished with 30 points on 10 of 20 shooting, had eight assists and five rebounds, 20 points for Kelly Oubre, 20 points for Mikel Bridges. Uh, Bialitsa, 17 points, also had eight rebounds in this one. I need another ruling, which I'm terrified to go to you after that, uh, Eric Pascal. <laughs> no, no more but- late these jokes. Yeah, well, let's just make them good. Uh, after a Nemanja Bialitsa three, Doug Christie said... 88 problems, but a swish ain't one. Yay or nay? No, because it doesn't even make any sense. Well, because he's number 88. Yeah, so, no, like, I get it. Yeah, all right. He did hit Is nothing but Is a swish a problem? <laughs> it's just... 
I regret this entire daily thing. Uh, the Kings struggled to keep the Suns at bay. Like I mentioned, the Suns cut it to three at one point, but the Kings wanted out on free throws. B elites is 17. Corey Joseph, 14 assists, had some great defense for most of the game on Devin Booker, but you can only keep Devin Booker down so much. Kings have now won six of their last eight. They may be good after all. Let's go to line of the night, Mike. We picked which line had the best performance. Which guy best performance? You have LeBron James, triple-double, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Anthony Davis, 34 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Bogdanovich, 31, 7, and 4. Dennis Schroeder with 31 and 4. Devin Booker, 30 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Who gets your line of the night? I mean, he's got to be LeBron. Like, he's the one who closed out that Lakers win, another triple-double. I think he's got one against all 30 teams now, and... uh, it's just it's I feel like it's always just LeBron. You know what? I'm giving it to Doug Christie. 88 problems with a swish eight one. I'm in. I'm in on the line. I get it. I think it's good. I think it's good enough. And it's way better than Eric Pascal or nothing. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the athletic podcast network. Back to back fun episode. Talk about down NBA ratings uh, with Ethan Strauss earlier on Tuesday. You want to check that one out. Of course, no dunks every day. We have great tampering podcast house of Strauss plus over a dozen team specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow on the app. You get notifications for new episodes. And of course you can always subscribe at theathletic.com slash dings. I believe you get 40% off your subscription for a year, but you never know when that promo is going to go away. So you got to go there and subscribe right now. If you haven't done so, thanks for waking up with us. Take your vitamins, eat your egos, get dressed, get ready for work. Uh, pretend to work all day while you read the athletic and Mike hit me with a sign off. It's all or nothing, and this is nothing. The worst ding-ding I've ever heard. Ding-ding.